0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another overcast day here in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Jack Good, Managing Director of Reusabox, a company that provides sustainable packing solutions uh, that promote a more circular economy. Jack, hello.
1: Hi, I'm Matthew well,
0: right. thank you very much for coming on the program today. Now normally we'd get straight into the subject of leadership. but considering the ongoing COVID outbreak, we should start there. How has this affected your business?
1: um yeah, I think it's affected us massively uh, we're, we're so if, if we go back into explaining what we do just so people understand so we're we're a carbon box supplier um and that industry has been really massively affected by by an increase in demand as a result of COVID. Um, but we do it a little bit differently. So um, it's all about circular economy. So we're actually a reuse model. So instead of supplying brand new boxes like all the other companies out there and, and manufacturing them and cutting down trees to do that, um, we, we made it possible for companies to reuse each other's cardboard boxes. So we're more of like a supply chain solution. Mm-hmm. We'll work with, we'll partner with a lot of, say, chemical or food manufacturers, um, and we will we'll collect all their second-hand boxes, all the used boxes that they generate every day um, by the trade load, and we'll, we'll we'll then make them available to other companies, a lot of e-com companies, as a, a low cost, but also like a greener, cleaner uh, packing box. Um, so... I think everyone's probably probably noticed since, since COVID came out, it's kind of accelerated the, the kind of the, the transition into into e-com. Um If there was any companies that weren't selling online, they are now. If they're still going, so um, so it's really created a big demand for cardboard boxes. Um, and on the negative side, it's obviously created a, a a much bigger stress on the environment and the damage caused by the packaging industry. Um, so uh, we, we're kind of work at, work on both both sides of the coin there. So we're, we're we're collecting all the used boxes being generated, and we're diverting them away from the, the traditional recycling process. Um, and then we're we're kind of supplying them to all these companies and e companies that are seeing a lot of growth in in the demand for boxes. Um, so so yeah, obviously we've been we've we've changed the way that we work and we've pivoted a lot um, in terms of our kind of working environment work but our main thing is that it's really it's really given us a stage to to kind of to push push our message and grow our company because we've we started as a we're a new company and a young company and uh, as a result i think we'll be growing a, a lot because of coronavirus
0: well certainly it will be an interesting time to see how any business develops uh during uh, this post-COVID uh, reality. Um, every week on the podcast, we like to have a different topical question. And this week, uh, we're discussing what a difference a decade makes. Reflections on the evolution of the office over the 2010s. Now, uh, let's forget entirely about the past five or so months back to March. Uh, coronavirus is, is not the subject of this question, uh, but... What has changed and what has stayed the same in the workplace over the past decade, and what do you think the twenty twenties will bring to the workplace?
1: Um, I guess I've maybe got a bit of a different perspective because we're we're like a younger and a newer company. Uh, I wasn't working ten years ago, so I, I, I set our company up when I left school, um, and. I'm in my early twenties, and, and everyone that works with me—we're we're all that demographic. Today mm. is really unusual for our industry, which is mainly run by 50, 60 year old men. <laughs> but um, but I think I think the way it changed is is kind of how we we're already working. So like our our office is really more of like a docking station, and and we don't we really have a much more of like a, a symbiosis between our work life our our work and our our private lives um so we don't really have like a nine-to-five routine and we don't really have like a rigid working space um i guess i guess because we're we're a a younger demographic we were kind of working a bit like that anyway um but i think because of coronavirus that's becoming the new norm um you know for us being a new company and being a startup we couldn't afford to have like a big plush office so we didn't really have that but um now I've noticed a lot of these bigger companies, they're not really using their big push offices. Everybody's working from home and they're working different hours and I think overall I think that's a fairly positive thing. Um I I I think speaking to people I know, a lot, a lot of business uh leaders and owners are saying that their their staff are being more productive and they're having happier lives, um, just because they've got that little bit more freedom. Um I think I think the the traditional um, the, the traditional kind of nine to five Monday to Friday mentality um that's existed, you know, from from now, really, for the last sort of hundred or so years. I think it is really outdated. I think it was about time that it changed and um I think the whole coronavirus thing it, it's causing change and, and obviously there's there's the economic impacts um everyone's talking about of potential recessions or worse and I think that's, I think it's just time that that society made these changes. I think they're positive. Um, I don't know if you're, are you getting similar? Obviously, you're speaking to other business leaders. Are you finding similar kind of stories? Or are you finding it's more of a, a challenge or
0: well it depends on the industry of course. Uh, there are varying challenges uh, to any sort of change. So it'll be rather interesting to see what happens when uh this is all over. Uh we should move on to the subject of leadership. I always like to start this part of the conversation off by asking the same simple question. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I think like, like we do things a little bit different, differently. So we're more of a, a, an ethical company. I mean, we have created our company. Uh, our, our overall purpose is to is to create a better life uh, for our employees, um, and then for for our customers and the wider community. And so we we kind of we we work differently. So uh, I think the the kind of the trendy phrase is probably like intrapreneur. Uh, this idea that everyone within the company has ownership over it. Um, it's its a bit more of a, a newer concept. And it's definitely, something me, that works well with, with with the way things are changing and the way things have worked, people are working differently. But we've always worked like that. So we're actually like a profit share. So everyone in our team has a cut of profit and, and every month um, X amount, the percentage goes back to each staff member and X amount goes back to invest in developing their jobs and their own careers um and and for me i think leadership is about is about giving people giving people that power and that opportunity and and that and that respect it's not really about telling people what to do um i suppose there's a certain amount of strategy and someone's got to make the call but but really uh, i think uh, i think a a leader is just a person that that uh that's that's helping that's helping other people do the leading I, I guess I, I don't know
0: What's... and how would you describe your day-to- day management style
1: uh so I mean the, the, the way we've got got it is everybody in our in our we've got different different leaders um and they all run the different areas you know so we've got like our content and our marketing and our finance and our operations so um, it, it really is. It, it's, it, it's not so much of a. I don't know. I, I guess. I guess we're we're a lot more easygoing with with, with, with what we're doing, and, and, and we're not really working like
0: a lot, so you prefer a lot of to have components. You prefer to have a more collegiate atmosphere rather than a structured atmosphere. Uh,
1: I think so, yeah, because I think I think it lets people become more creative. It certainly it certainly gives people less stress. Um, and I think when people are less stressed, I think they end up being more productive. Mm. Um, I think I think one of one of the main things that I do do is I, I work really hard at getting the metrics out. That's definitely my job. So we will have regular, uh, I guess, kind of like stakeholder meetings and reports, and we're and we're 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 getting really tight tracking as to how well people people are performing and what they're doing and and it's really it's really good when people make mistakes and um, as long as we can highlight that and, and go through it so i don't know i guess maybe a leader someone that should that should help people make mistakes and <laughs> make sure they understand why and help them overcome them
0: now unfortunately our time together has drawn to its close but before i let you go jack what does the next 12 months have in store for reuser box
1: reuse box uh so We recently uh, brought out a uh, carbon footprint tool. So it's a completely unique thing. No one else has ever done this in the world. Um, And Using environmental consultants and an academic study, we're able to to prove the environmental impact that we can give our clients and our customers when they reuse our boxes. Um, So the amount of trees, say, the amount of water, say, CO2, um, and we want to use that to to help companies become more sustainable to try and take it to a, a larger stage and um, you know, more more to corporates. Um, that's I guess that's our vision over over the next twelve months at least. Um, we'll see how that goes.
0: Well, Jack, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh and of course we'll have to have you back at some point in the future. Jack, thank you. Thanks, Matthew. That was Jack Good, Managing Director of Reuser Box, And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Andrew Strauss.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White. And today we are joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former director of cricket at the ECB. Sir Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today. Real pleasure to be here. Thank you. The pleasure is all of ours. You know, Andrew, you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least
3: well that was the reason i got on the pitch in the yes. first place yeah absolutely i mean you know it's often sort of misunderstood or misjudged the role that luck plays in a in an international creek or sporting career full stop and um you know i was wait, waiting patiently in the wings mm. for an opportunity and it didn't really seem like an opportunity was going to come along and then you know i've only got injured in the nets and Well, I, I think probably worth broadening out that a bit. You know, I, I think there are all sorts of different people that you have to um, sort of contend with in a team environment. And uh, the job of the leadership or the management is to tr- to try and sort of gel them all together and get them bought into what you're trying to do and whatever. So, you know, th- there are some people that are a bit more self-absorbed. There's some people that are slightly more maverick in the, the way they, they view the world. Um the World Cup final was quite extraordinary.
2: I know some fantastically avid cricket fans who were Googling there and then what exactly the rules became, because I... Yeah, well, so was, <laughs> it I, was I, I, actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, Andrew, in your, in your wife's memory, you established the Ruth Strauss Foundation last year. Uh, in doing so, whether you'd admit it or not, yourself and the foundation has become an inspiration to thousands, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. Please do take some time, if you wouldn't mind, and you
3: yeah, Those are two enormous events out there and we can have our own version of that ourselves.
2: I can feel your enthusiasm for it. As a As an Essex fan, I, I'm still stumped as to, I think I'm going to have to choose between either supporting a team based at the Oval or a team based at Lords. I, I'll, I'll get over that, but I'll, I'll yeah, have to do well, it. Well, surely it's going to be the Lords one, right? Uh, sh- sh- of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sandra, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing that and everything else with you today. Thank you very much. Cheers.